plenty of sunshine in our studio at the moment. It's Tuesday. Peter Mullins here vibing away. Good afternoon to you, sir. Good afternoon, Mark. Oh, that was a lovely introduction. Yeah, like every now and then it happens. Sunshine? Yeah, plenty of yeah. it. Plenty of it. <laughs> Look, we're going to be talking today, or you're going to deliver us uh, the topic of SIBO, and is it causing you gut problems? So what is SIBO in a nutshell, Peter? SIBO is it's a relatively newly recognised um, condition, and it stands for small intestinal bowel overgrowth. So it's where um, bacteria that normally would reside in the large bowel due to problems such as constipation or a whole heap of things can end up in the small bowel oh. and be causing a lot of symptoms that we might associate with um, irritable bowel syndrome. The so stuff at the bottom end moves further up the line. Absolutely. I do not like the sound of that at all. It doesn't sound good at all, does it? Uh, SIBO, is it causing you gut problems? So let's sort of go back to the beginning and have a look at SIBO. What exactly is it? Can you break it down for us? There you go. It is a gut. <laughs> so, is it an intestinal thing? We've got to break it down. It's, you, know, you know, when someone, when a patient comes in and they come in with, with gut symptoms, you know, oftentimes... Um, a diagnosis of irritable bowel syndrome is um, the diagnosis once everything else has been ruled out. But I'll still get patients that will come in and we'll start them on the the initial, you know, try and cut out um, dairy. Like we do a bit of an elimination process to work out what foods might be triggering their symptoms. It's like a, a game of guess who, isn't it? It is. It's a bit you of know, a detective Has your person detective got a beard? Puzzle. No. <laughs> have they got no hair? <laughs> it must be Jim. Yeah. So um, we go through the standard stuff. You know, we might look at um, gluten or wheat, particularly um, dairy. Um, we might think about FODMAPs if they're a bit FODMAP sensitive, which is, um, you know, to do with fermentable sugars in, in starches. Um, but sometimes we'll get people and we'll, we'll, you know, get them off the foods that most likely are, are triggering or aggravating their symptoms, but we'll still be having problems. We'll, they'll still be getting symptoms of bloating, bowel variability. Like usually by that point, you're pretty clear by then what foods suit and what foods don't. So SIBO is a, a condition that stands for small intestinal bowel overgrowth. Now we have we do have some bacteria live in our small intestinal tract. There's about 28, 20 feet rather of small intestinal tract, but um, the number of bacteria in there, you know, are different and play a different role to the trillions of bacteria that live in our large bowel. So what can happen with SIBO if someone's had a history of things like constipation? Um, being on the pill can encourage the overgrowth of bacteria into the small part of the bowel. Um, but we've got a, between the small bowel and the large bowel, we've got a valve called the ileocecal valve, and that should be a one-way valve, like food and um, food and digesting food should pass through. You're trying to think of a way should, to say this, aren't Nothing you? <laughs> should come back up. So what happens sometimes with chronic constipation or if there's issues with that valve, then bacteria can escape from the large bowel back up into that small intestinal bowel area. Now, the problem with that is those bacteria shouldn't be there. So this is for people that have been treated for irritable bowel, for instance, and doesn't matter what they do, there still seems to be a problem. So it may well be that they actually have um, SIBO, which is causing their irritable bowel. Um, so these bacteria get up into the small part or into the small intestinal tract, and they you know, can be associated with all sorts of symptoms. Again, bloating, diarrhea, constipation, uh, wind um, can... Um, cause nutrient deficiencies because they're not absorbing their food well, um, nausea, weight loss, fatigue, whole heap of things, all the things we think of with irritable bowel. But again, SIBO can be a particular reason why someone's not responding to normal irritable bowel approaches. So with the bacteria moving from the, the back up the, the line, back up the chain, I guess, um, 
Is it a case of, look, they're just in the wrong place, so they're not going to do what they're supposed to do? Uh, What what happens is when they move up into those wrong areas um, on eating certain foods, those foods will ferment. Those bacteria will eat the sugars in those foods. And that activity will be happening in the wrong place. Wrong place. And when that's happening, you're getting gas and wind build up and irritation happening in the lower bowel, which will be giving you the symptoms of IBS. So oftentimes it's a bit like... um, you know, you can even be eating really healthy things. And we'll go over what a SIBO diet might look at in, look like in a little while. But even starchy vegetables, you know, sweet potatoes and, and vegetables that contain starch that can break down to sugar for SIBO sufferers can cause problems. Well, even the good stuff becomes bad in that, yeah. in that scenario. Yeah, because the bacteria are in the wrong, in the wrong place. Peter, you're enjoying the disco this afternoon. I, I saw was... you moving around there. Well, that was fantastic, and we just worked out that I would have been 10 when that song first came out. Wow, yeah. What did we say it was? 70, uh, 75. 75. Yeah, the Lady Bumps, good song. Yeah. And can you do the scream, the shrieking scream that was in yeah, there? Yeah, probably not no, on air. No, no, <laughs> no. We want the equipment to last yeah, that's a little it. while longer. Look, Peter, we're back talking about SIBO and how it affects your gut health. So what actually does cause SIBO? <coughs> oh, you're right, <laughs> Excuse what, what, me. What, what causes the cough, Pete? Do you want to start with that too? <laughs> I think I swallowed um, a bit of fluff off well, the you microphone. You can just give me the notes and I can read it out if you like. <laughs> so um, the cause of SIBO, like it can be complex um, and there's a number of number of risk factors involved. Now, interestingly, one of the first ones is um, low stomach acid. So as I mentioned before, it's normal at 50 to have half the stomach acid you had when you were 20. So as we get older, we don't produce as much acid. We need a good, strong acid response in our stomach because that's what helps to get the whole digestive process going, helps to ionize our minerals so you can absorb your calcium and magnesium and iron and zinc, etc. So if we've got, I guess, half the acid at that particular point in time, we obviously want to try and get more of it in there, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's where you're doing your lemon juice and water first thing in the morning and your apple cider vinegar before meals to try and stimulate a nice acid response because that acid, the acid levels in your stomach set the scene for the pH pretty much through the rest of your intestinal tract. So one of the, so one of the things that disencourages the growth of bad bacteria is if it's the right pH for your good bacteria. So anything which upsets the pH, and this is where fermented foods can be so beneficial in encouraging a healthier pH balance. But um, So one of the big problems, one of the big causes for some people with SIBO is um, proton, what are called proton pump inhibitors, um, antacid medication. So people that are prescribed medications for reflux, but then they're kept on those medications for years and years and years, will end up with gut issues because they're continually knocking down their acid production. Gotcha. Does that make sense? So it does. A yeah. lot of those medications have a warning on that, you know, saying not only to be used for in short period of time. And unfortunately, a lot of um, people aren't encouraged to try coming off their reflux medication, you know, safely and healthfully through their GP or through their naturopath um, to see whether they still need to be taking those medications or not because they do cause problems long term. Mm, so uh, obviously, yeah, they're there if you need them, but if there is a way to sort of gradually wean you off them, that's going to help with this. Absolutely, because mm. you want to make sure your gut functions as good as possible. Mm. Um, multiple causes of antibiotics. Again, antibiotics tend to knock down your good bacteria, lead to the overgrowth of bad bacteria. Um, any sort of inflammatory bowel disease, you know, celiac disease, Crohn's disease, um, even long, long-term irritable bowel, you can end up then ending up end up ending up with more um, 
like issues around SIBO. Okay, so SIBO, which is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Peter, are there some other risk factors we should be aware of? Yep, yep. Moderate alcohol 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 consumption, um, oral contraceptive pill, being on the pill. Um, Interestingly, being on the pill, whenever a pharmacist hands someone a, a bottle of or like oral contraceptives, they should always give them a probiotic because pro can't get my words out. Mm. The oral contraceptive pill can increase the risk of uh, girls or women getting thrush or a yeast infection. So they should always hand them a probiotic. And being on the pill also increases the loss or the use of some of your B vitamins. So they should always hand a, the oral contraceptive pill with a probiotic and with a B vitamin as well. So yeah, so alcohol and um, being on the pill... Um, obviously a diet high in processed foods, excess sugar. Sugar tends to feed all the bad bacteria in the system. Um, and that includes eating excess things like um, you know, bread and starchy foods that all break down to sugar in the gut. Um, and that's probably, that's probably a whole heap of things. Stress can play a role. Anything else that's going to cause gut irritation or gut dysfunction. Peter, you're off on a bit of a holiday after today. Where are you off to? Oh, hang on. Peter, where are you off to on holidays after today? <laughs> I am off to I'm off on a fishing trip. Oh, that'd be nice. Actually, catching, catching Barramundi, hopefully. Oh, the Northern Territory. Um, Northern Territory. So you've just missed out by a day. If you up there now, Prince Charles is up that way. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised he didn't wait. Yeah, well, he, he just He's didn't know. Busy. He just, yeah, just didn't know. So. That's all it is. I'd say so. Yeah, yeah. So you you, you got to put some nice photos up online. I'll have a look um, at those. I may well do that. I may well do that I, when I come, but when I get back, probably. You did last time. You did last time when you were out and about. Cybo, well, let's uh, wrap up talking about that. That's small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. And if we've been talking about if you've got it, some of the risk factors, if you're already there, what do we do about it, Peter? So the first thing is, and again, Cybo is a, 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 um, diagnosis by differentia- like differentiating or ruling out other things. But if you've got irritable bowel that really just doesn't seem to have responded well to a lot of other um, approaches, then you well could you may well have SIBO. Um, there's a breath test you can do that um, confirms that yes you have the wrong type of bacteria and yes they're producing gases in the gut that in amounts that shouldn't be there. So that's beneficial. At least you can confirm that you definitely have SIBO. The three main steps in treating SIBO is number one, um, from a dietary point of view, the idea is to starve the bad bacteria and feed the good bacteria. So there's a, a specific SIBO diet, which is a very low-carbohydrate diet, um, avoiding sugar, alcohol, dairy, gluten, um, instead looking at increasing your intake of low-carb veggies, high-quality protein, and good fats. So, for example, you'd, on a SIBO diet, you'd need to cut out all starches and grains You need just for a two-week period initially to see how your gut responds cut out um, your sweet potatoes, your starchy potatoes. And again, you don't do this willy-nilly. Like, you're best to see someone and get some guidance with it. So, that's we get on to a, That's the technical term low, for it, is it? Willy-nilly? Willy-nilly. Yeah. Low-carb, very low-carb diet so that you're not feeding those bad bacteria. Um, now, the next step, and traditionally or orthodox-wise, um, the treatment involves um, antibiotics, very specific antibiotics taken for a period of time. Um, we're obviously not so big on using antibiotics as the first mm-hmm. port of call. Uh, we'd use herbal antimicrobial medicines, um, things containing garlic, essential essential oils of Oregon, um, oregano rather, um, and just as effective but a lot gentler on the gut and they don't knock your good bacteria around. So there's a specific protocol we do 
for um, treating SOBO. Um, and then the third thing always, so we use the antimicrobial herbs and then we use the good gut bugs, correct your gut microbiome by taking a good quality probiotic to increase the good bacteria in your gut um, and then increasing your bacteria-friendly prebiotic foods as well. You've also got a thought on shaking up the traditional idea of having the three square meals a day in terms of cyber, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. It's actually, and um, we've got a talk coming up by a lady called Lee Holmes, a free talk. She's going to be talking about her book. Um, I think it's called Supercharge Your Gut. And she'll be talking a bit about this as well. And the concept is around fasting. That one of the oh, ways this, to really... This F word again. I we know, did this last week. You don't like week. it. You don't no, like it. I don't. So with conditions like SIBO, um, eating, eating less at any one time, um, spreading your meals apart, having periods of time where you're not eating gives the body a chance to detox and tidy up and do some of its housekeeping. So, um, yeah, that can be part of a protocol in helping someone with SIBO as well as getting them onto you know, the right diet to starve the bad bugs, getting them to the herbal medicines that are going to knock out those bad bugs and encouraging the good, good gut bugs. Um, you might also include or incorporate some fasting periods as well. Okay, and just very quickly, some vitamins and minerals that uh, may be worthwhile looking at. Yeah, look, uh, when one of the problems with SIBO is it can cause nutrient deficiencies. So helpful vitamins and minerals may include things like your vitamin B12. Um, vitamin D and K can often be affected. And also iron and zinc, particularly if someone's low in um, stomach acid, you don't ionize those minerals. You're not going to be absorbing your minerals well. Thanks, Peter. A great talk as always. And you've got a couple of talks coming up. Uh, the next one that, well, you might have a couple of uh, spaces for gut health and fermenting tonight, maybe. Yep, yep, okay. possibly. Um, and tonight, Kate's going to be showing people how to make um, sauerkraut and kombucha. And I think we will be having some little samples. You should come along to that one, actually. I told you I've tried that stuff, <laughs> didn't I? And you've also got your cancer talk, a couple of limited spaces available Tuesday, uh, 24th of April, uh, thyroid health, 8th of May. And, of course, next week we're on the radio with David talking about thyroid disorders. Yep, thyroid disorders in preparation for our um, thyroid talk coming up in May. Peter, enjoy your fishing trip. We'll catch up Thank with you, you in a couple of weeks. Yes, yep, yep weeks. not next week, the week after. Look forward to that, 2NURFM. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.